How you doing? It's good to see you. Uh, it's time to talk about some news. <clears throat> uh, a lot of stuff going on today. You know, we have the SpaceX launch coming up this afternoon. Uh, I believe that's at like 4.30 Eastern, which is 1.30 Pacific. So, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But let's start uh, with some more important news. <clears throat> uh, let's talk about George Floyd. Um, and that's not the only uh, somewhat racist story today. But uh, uh, Minneapolis, George Floyd, uh, was uh, killed by police uh, when police um, put their knee on his neck and smothered him. Now, I'm so I apologize. I mispronounced murdered. He was uh, murdered by police. Now, in the news, and all the, uh, all the news organizations are reporting the same thing, they're saying that he died in the hospital. That's probably not what the report says. I, I, I haven't seen the report, but I'm thinking the report states that he was pronounced dead in the hospital. Now, reason being, I saw this video. It was pretty disgusting. And when they lifted him up, his body was completely limp. He was dead. But, and, I, and this is probably in all states. I'm not sure, but it's probably in all states. <clears throat> or all counties, I guess, because it's a county coroner that does it. Um, a doctor must pronounce you dead. So what happens is you die on uh, wherever. And they take you to the hospital and they said, oh, he was pronounced dead at the hospital, blah, blah, blah. And then you say, oh, okay, he died at the hospital. It couldn't have been that bad. They could have revived him. But no, that's not what happened. Likely what, what had happened was Mr. Mr. Floyd, murdered by the police, he died right there in the street with an officer's knee on his neck stopping him from breathing the video is very disturbing it's very disturbing brings new power to the old phrase i can't breathe hashtag i can't breathe you know they, uh, this this uh Brings, by, uh, brings, uh, brings back memories, a non sequitur, if you would, <clears throat> about William Frawley. Uh, you know who William Frawley is. I, yeah, I know. You're going to say, no, I don't know who William Frawley Yes, you know. You know exactly who William Frawley is. William Frawley was an actor. <clears throat> you've seen him on everything, but you've seen him on one thing in particular. Now, William Frawley, uh, when he was an upcoming actor, he lived in the Knickerbocker Hotel in Hollywood. And then he made it big, and he moved to Beverly Hills, but he would come back to Hollywood to stay with his friends. And one day, I believe it was 1954, 56, 64, I, I don't remember. It, it's been a long time since I've told this story. Because I, I used to drive tours in Hollywood, so I know all this history. <clears throat> William Frawley went to see a young lady uh, perform at a theater in Hollywood, near Hollywood and Vine. And he was walking back to his car, and he collapsed on Hollywood Boulevard. The only star who has a star on the Walk of Fame 
to actually die on the Walk of Fame. So the story goes, oh, they dragged him to the Knickerbocker Hotel because he was only he was on the corner uh, uh, down from the Knickerbocker Hotel, which is just north of Hollywood Boulevard. And the doctor there pronounced him dead. Then he was brought to the hospital, which is now the Hollywood Police Station. It used to be a hospital. So they say he, he was pronounced dead in, in the Knickerbocker Hotel, but he actually died on Hollywood Boulevard. He just wasn't pronounced dead there. So that's what I'm saying. The police murdered him right there in the street. He did not die in the hospital. I haven't seen the report, but that's what likely happened. So please don't fall for these news reports that state he died in the hospital. That's not what happened. I'm sure that's not what happened. Anyway. A sad way to put this brings new life to the term I can't breathe Uh, next in the news let's talk about the president and Twitter tweets can the president claim mail-in ballots cause fraud well it's funny he would do that considering most mail-in ballots are from Republicans Republicans, uh, on the whole, do a lot of mail-in balloting. So if he's claiming that Republicans are doing massive voter fraud, you know what's really funny about that? I haven't I haven't checked in a long time, but uh, last time I checked, which I think was 2012, there were nine incidents of voter fraud. And of those nine instances, eight were Republicans. Okay, that was uh, uh, nine instances in 20 years, because it does not happen very often. Voter fraud rarely happens. But Republicans like to yell voter fraud when it's election fraud. Election fraud is what happens all the time. Election fraud happens all the time, uh, as as well as um, electioneering, uh, going to polls and uh, scaring people away from going to polls, or uh, making it a law that someone has to show their ID when they can't afford to buy an ID, or... Uh, creating fewer voting locations in areas with poorer uh, uh, populace, I suppose. Um, And that's what they're well known for. And you know what? Mail-in balloting counteracts low-income Voters not being able to vote because there's not enough polls for them. So it seems interesting that uh, uh, Trump would be against um, mail-in ballots. It seems very interesting. Like I said, more Republicans use mail-in balloting. I guess he doesn't want poor voters, black, white, Asian, whatever. I guess he doesn't want them to uh use mail-in ballots. I guess he just wants it for rich white people. Uh, Anyway. 
So Twitter put a little uh, a little disclaimer on his tweets to learn the truth about voter fraud, which I think is very funny. Um, and and uh, if you really want to learn about voter fraud, I'm going to suggest one guy in particular, a guy named uh, Brad Friedman. He has his own radio show and he has his own blog, bradblog.com. He, he knows more about um, election fraud, voter fraud, etc. than anybody I know and most anybody in the national uh, uh, news. He knows more than anybody. The, the, the guy is uh, brilliant. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, the president threatened to shut down Twitter. The, a totalitarian threat that a dictator would make, by the way. So who controls social media around the world? Russia controls social media. China controls social media. North Korea controls social media. Iran controls social media. So is Donald Trump saying he wants to be just like Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and other totalitarian states? There are other totalitarian states that control social media. Does President Trump want to be dictator Trump that's something to think about um, and I by the way I, I did notice that Trump uh, uh, hasn't uh, tweeted anything about George Floyd but um, I wouldn't expect him to so can the president claim Someone murdered someone else without proof. Well, apparently Twitter says that's okay because the president did claim that. You know, the, you hear a lot of conspiracy theorists about uh, certain people in government being murdered by the CIA or by this person or by that person. Uh, I believe the Republicans were passing something around about Hillary, uh, someone who worked for Hillary Clinton. Uh, and I've also heard things about, uh, you know, Dick Cheney and Donald Trump murdering people. Um, nothing is substantiated. But just saying it is a way to help his election. Everything It seems everything that Trump does is to help his election. <clears throat> his election chances. Uh, on top of uh, 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 George Floyd, let's talk about this other news story about uh, a Mr. Cooper and a Mrs. and a Miss Cooper uh, unrelated, a uh, Christian Cooper, African-American, was birdwatching in Central Park. Now, I, I mean, you know, birdwatching in Central Park is, is uh, uh, sounds much like uh, hiking the Appalachian uh, Trail. But uh, I looked into it, and there's actually 230 species of, of birds normally in Central Park. Including, including the uh, cedar mat, uh, waxwing, the blue jay, blue-gray gnatcatcher, uh, bluebirds, kingbirds, brown-headed cowbirds, a uh, Carolina wren, northern mockingbird, a rock pigeon, I'm sure there's plenty of pigeons, red-winged blackbird, Baltimore orioles, and of course my little chickadee, chickadee, 
Uh, chickadees. There's chickadees there, too. 230 species, uh, they say. And you think about the size of Central Park. Uh, Central Park is pretty big. I mean, uh, we have Griffith Park here in Los Angeles. That's like 4,000 acres. Um, Central Park, in the middle of the city there, is uh, uh, 840 acres, which is, um, if you think about it, uh, uh, the average golf course. Uh, is about 160 acres. So that's like, what, what is that? Is that like five or six times the uh, the size of an average golf course? That's sort of big. It's not really big, but it's kind of big. I mean, for being in the middle of the city, that's plenty of room for plenty of species of birds to hang out. So he was uh, <clears throat> bird watching, hiking the Appalachian Trail. Is it the Appalachian? Appalachian? Hmm. Doesn't matter. He was bird watching, and a young lady, Amy Cooper, was walking her dog, not on a leash, in a place where leashes are required. Sort of like what they do here in uh, Griffith Park, and in Runyon Canyon, and up at Lake Hollywood, um, uh, which is, it's actually illegal, and sometimes people do get tickets. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, she was uh, um, uh, walking her dog off-leash. Off and she threatened Mr. Cooper by claim, uh, saying she would call the police and claim a, 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 a black man is harassing her. This is sort of a, a racist thing that people do. They, they say, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, this is like saying, you know what? I'm white. If I call the police, who do you think the police are going to believe? A black man or me? That's basically what she's saying. She was threatening him with calling the police. It's a good thing he was recording it because we could have had another George Floyd incident. Um, but yeah, he was recording it. Um, it's pretty disturbing what people do. Uh, now, I have never done something like that. I've done something similar. Uh, there was there was an African American man uh, jaywalking, and I saw him jaywalk, and he, he came to my side of the street, and I said, "Dude, you're in Hollywood. You're actually African American, and you're jaywalking here. That's kind of scary, because you can't trust the police anywhere." Basically, I, I wasn't I wasn't threatening him. I was just saying, "Hey, you know, I understand your plight, and I." I would be concerned about jaywalking here because the police can stop you for anything, anything they want. I mean, they've stopped me for stuff. I've had, I've had police pull me over with guns drawn because my tags had just uh, expired and I had forgotten about them. It was kind of funny. But they had guns drawn and uh, they uh, told me to roll down my rear windows because I, I uh, tinted rear windows. By the way, if a cop ever pulls you over for tinted rear windows and you don't have tinted front windows, tell him, just tell him he's full of crap because it is completely legal to have tinted rear windows. It's just not legal to have tinted front windows in some states. I got pulled over in Kentucky for that. What was it, Kentucky or Tennessee? Oh, Tennessee. I was driving cross country. I got uh, pulled over for tinted rear windows and i called him out on it because it's it's pretty much anywhere any any state it's it's tinted front windows not rear windows and then he went on to say because i have a california tag that's why he pulled me over and he said you don't happen to have one of them 
uh, uh, marijuana cards, do ya? He was trying to find marijuana on me, and he was using rear tinted windows as a reason to pull me over. Cops are such friggin' uh, criminals all over the country, anywhere you go. They'll do anything they, they can uh, to arrest you, you know. It's pretty cool. Anyway, <clears throat> Amy Cooper, she got fired from her job. She works in the financial sector. Uh, they didn't like very much, and they, I, I think they also recognized that, that it was uh, probably bad for their public image to allow her to keep her job. Um, they, I, I'm sure they didn't do it because they thought she was racist. I'm sure they fired her because it was bad for their public image if they didn't. That's what happens. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. Um, Elon Musk with uh, a uh, Jim Bridenstine, he's the uh, NASA administrator, they are going to be launching the um, uh, SpaceX rocket today, uh, the Falcon 9 heavy rocket. I believe it's the heavy rocket. They have a light one and they have a heavy one. The heavy one just has extra uh, fuel on it. I believe it's the heavy one. Uh, Three-stage rocket. Uh, now, this, this rocket uh, pales to the Saturn V rocket, which is about 40% larger. Saturn V rocket from uh, uh, the 60s. And uh, I believe the 70s. Um, it's about 40% uh, smaller, I think. That's approximate. I, 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 I forget. Uh, the uh, um, the um, uh, Falcon 9 is 229.6 feet high, which is, um, uh, it, it, for you looking at buildings, it's about 21 and a half stories. About 21 and a half stories. So <clears throat> that gives you an idea. Uh, that's a pretty big rocket. But the Saturn V rocket, I believe, I could be wrong, I could be off, but I believe it's 35 stories. 35 stories. That's a big damn rocket. Uh, anyway, um, now it's supposed to launch at uh, 4.33 Eastern, which is 1.33 Pacific. Um the uh, nearby Patrick Air Force Base has been watching the weather, and they uh, started out with a 60% chance of rain and clouds, which is which probably would have scrubbed the launch. But the weather outlook has been improving. Uh, before it was 60-40, now it's 40-60. So we have a little bit better chance of uh, uh, seeing the launch today, uh, if you get a chance, which should be going on in about... An hour and a half, about an hour or so. Um, let's see. The uh, Falcon 9 uh, heavy rocket uh, has a payload of about 13,000 kilos. I think there's 2.2 pounds per kilo, so you can do the math on that. That's like 30,000, 30, a little bit more than 30,000 pounds. Um, <clears throat> And it's a liquid oxygen 
and rocket-grade kerosene rocket, three-stage rocket. All three stages have liquid oxygen and rocket-grade kerosene. I, I'm not a uh, that I'm not a rocket scientist. Um, I know that liquid oxygen is extremely flammable. Um, uh, but um, I don't know. Uh, I guess rocket-grade kerosene. I don't know if it's a combination. I assume it's a combination of the two. I, I assume uh, a spark and a uh, percentage of liquid oxygen and rocket-grade kerosene mixed together creates a, uh, a, a bit of a thrust. Uh, and I, I had read the thrust. I, I can't remember what it was. Four, four, four million pounds of thrust, something like that. It's quite the rocket. And Elon Musk should be quite proud. Uh, and he should be quite proud of the billions of dollars he's, he has gotten from the U.S. government to create these rockets. So, now, let's talk about some coronavirus news. Uh, we're reaching 100,000 deaths. And there's a couple things I'm kind of sick of hearing from the news media. Number one that I'm sick of hearing from the news media is... When a, an announcer or a, a news personality says, we're in this together. We're truly in this together. I'm sorry, but what? I'm not broadcasting from my game room. I'm not broadcasting from my pool house. I'm not broadcasting from, I don't know, what have you, my jacuzzi, like that, that time that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, oh, we're in this together, as he was brought, uh, doing a video from his jacuzzi. Oh, God, that's so annoying. We are not in this together. I'm in a little one-bedroom apartment that I can't even afford right now because I haven't gotten the... Uh, um, I haven't gotten the stimulus. I haven't gotten any unemployment. I haven't gotten anything. I haven't gotten one thin dime from anybody. Um, the only thing that's saving me from not living here right now is the law that was, uh, temporary law that was put in the fact that halted uh, evictions. Uh, which, by the way, Houston has lifted their law. So you're going to see a lot of homeless people suddenly in Houston and in uh, various parts of Texas. I'm sure. Uh, a primarily Republican state. Uh, there are some uh, uh, progressive areas over there, though, that are probably taking better care of their people. Lifting, lifting these um, restrictions for eviction this early, this soon, is probably a very, very bad idea. Anyway, I'm really tired of uh, people saying we're in this together when they're filthy rich. Um, I had a, uh, a, a tweet with um, uh, Penn from Penn and Teller. And he was doing an interview and he explained about how unimportant everything seems when everybody is having so much trouble. 
you know, specifically he was talking about performing. It's, it's not important at all when so many people are having so much uh, trouble. And I thanked him for that tweet because I am so sick and tired of people claiming that um, we're in this together. Oh, God. I, it, it's so annoying. They have a beautiful mansion that they're living in. We're in this together. I'm stuck at home just, just like you. I tell you what, why don't you stick yourself in your bedroom for two months and you might begin to get a good idea of how difficult it is. By the way, you're not allowed to use a maid. You're not allowed to use an au pair. You're not allowed to use uh, a delivery service. How about that? You can't afford delivery service. You're not allowed to do anything like that. And let's throw in that you can only use a certain amount of money per month for food. We are far from in this together. The other thing I'm really kind of sick of hearing from the media is that the coronavirus is unprecedented. Unprecedented. I've heard this so many times, and I'm just so sick and tired of them saying it's unprecedented because it is nowhere near unprecedented. Unprecedented in its, you know, boringness. I mean, every year, granted, the flu doesn't hasn't uh, killed as many since the 1918 Spanish flu, where nearly five percent of the world population died. Now, compare that to the coronavirus, which is, I think it's 0.003%. It's like really, really low. I, I, I don't remember the exact numbers. It's extremely low amount of the world population. And then, uh, uh, let's think about that for a second. 1918, there weren't that many huge cities i mean people were dying in the cities left and right but um, they weren't nearly as populated if it happened today i'm pretty sure we would lose considerably more than that around the world let's also <clears throat> get rid of this these Rather, these misnomers uh, of calling it the Spanish flu. And let me tell you a, a little bit of history. The 1918 Spanish flu, rather. Let me give you a little bit of history. The 1918 Spanish flu was pretty blah. It wasn't much. When it started out in Kansas in the spring of 1918. This is during uh, um, World War One. The beginning of World War One and during World War One, when we were moving troops overseas, and that summer, uh, that flu that started in Kansas um, ended up being moved over to Europe uh, over the summer, where it evolved. It was the fall of 1918 and the spring of 1919, and the fall of 1919, and the spring of 1920, 
that this flu was wiping out people. The fall of 1918 was particularly brutal, where people uh, would uh, <clears throat> get the symptoms and die within 24 hours. So calling the coronavirus unprecedented is disingenuous at best. At best. By the way, you say, why is it called the Spanish flu if it started in Kansas? Well, while our troops were over fighting in World War One, the Allies and in the United States, they did not want to uh, inform the public about the flu. They uh, didn't want the enemy to know about it. They didn't want the public to know about it. They didn't want to know how bad it was during the war for obvious reasons. Spain was not part of the war effort. So they were the one, they were the ones doing all the reporting on the flu and how deadly it was. So after the fact, this evolved into being called the Spanish, uh, the 1918 Spanish flu. That's how it got its name. Which brings me to, again, and I've talked about this before, my um, final thing I want to say about the uh, coronavirus and the problem with shutting down so many things, specifically the census. Did you know in, in uh, the 1918 uh, flu, which went on to 1919, 1920. By the way, anybody ever watch uh, the new uh, MacGyver? Did you watch the new MacGyver? One of the last episodes they had this year, episode maybe it was 12 or 11, I forget. Um, I think they finished at 13 because uh, of the film shut, the filming shutdown. They had a very, and, and I applaud them. I applaud them. They had a, uh, a newspaper cover article for the uh, LA Times that said Spanish flu is still killing. This was like a, some sort of a weird kind of flashback to 1920. And this was, uh, the date was, uh, um, I believe it was May of 1920, about the flu still killing. Now I checked, that wasn't the actual um, news article for the uh, cover of the LA Times. It was something else. But it's true that the flu was still killing people in 1920. So the flu is primarily a winter disease. It goes away in summer. I, I mean, it's still there, but it doesn't spread as much. So you wonder, okay, well, the census in 1920, they must have delayed it, right? They must have delayed the census. They didn't. In fact, they started early. They started in January. They started in January because they feared losing people out in the fields in the summer. They didn't want to be doing it in the summer because they would lose. They would. They would uh, uh, have an uh, uh, have more of a severe undercount. Now. Stephen Dillingham, he's the director of the census, has done something that is un unconstitutional.
Now, if YouTube takes down this video, they should know. They can look it up themselves. The census, the count, must be done by December 31st. You must hand those numbers over to the president by December 31st. That is the Constitution. That is the law. Title 14 in it? Oh, I don't have that in front of me. I should have I should have had that in front of me. I, I sorry about that. Now, in March, after uh, about a week after I called the uh, um, the PIO uh, press information officer and asked some questions, I said that it's illegal to delay the census past December. That they cannot do that without congressional approval. And seemingly, a week right after that, Stephen Dillingham announced that he was delaying the enumeration, the finishing of the, the, the um, finalization of the enumeration, the giving of the numbers to the president until April 30th. Now, what does that do, April 30th? It's only a four-month delay. How bad could that be? Well, let's think about this. What ha uh, um, first of all, we have to say that uh, January 3rd of this year, U.S. News and World Report reported that uh, the Republicans are going to lose representation in the census. They already know it. They're losing lots of representation. Things are changing. So... Who do you think would want to delay the census? Anyway, um, there are going to be a lot of lawsuits coming up next year because of these numbers from the census. Because there's going to be re redistricting. There's going to be redistricting going on. The Republican uh, uh, governors have been trying to change redistricting. redistricting. Uh, and uh, been gerrymandering. I'm not saying Democrats don't gerrymander. They do. But Republicans, eh, they've had, they have a mastery over it. They have computer programs that do it for them down to the block, down to the half block. They might, they might go down this street, jump across the street in one block, go over two houses, and then jump south. That's a gerrymander just to win a seat that's what they'll do you could be living next door to someone who's in a different congressional area that is serious gerrymandering that literally happens that literally happens so there's going to be a lot of lawsuits so why delay oh of course these lawsuits are going to go to the supreme court so why delay until April 30th? What you're supposed to give until uh, give out on December 31st? Could it be because the Supreme Court goes out of session right around that time? It's out of session for the entire summer, which will delay any Supreme Court cases by at least a year. Because the cases that they're taking right now are going to be done next year. So... The cases that they're going to be taking next next spring, they've decided they're going to be taking them this year. So 
the cases that are brought up next spring will be will be decided the following year which means that the following year after is when they're going to be taking the cases that's going to allow the republicans to hold on to their seats for an extra term think about that anyway hope you like this show uh you're certainly welcome to comment on it um and uh let me know what you think my name is uh, peter lawrence in los angeles reporting <laughs>